Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fighting a Genius Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Calhoun, and I am joined by somebody who I have a lot of questions for, not a lot of time to ask him. It's Joshua. Joshua, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's been a really good couple of episodes. Like the sh- the genius is really much being a really good flow in the back half of this season. So I'm really excited to talk about these two episodes. A, a great two games. Um, some of my favorite games that we have seen on the genius. Not my favorite, but some of the favorites. And I'm glad that we are doing like kind of all hits, no duds. Do you feel at this point that the games they have chosen on the genius Netherlands? are good indicators of what the genius is about? I think they've definitely chosen a very good subsection. Like, I think especially with the inclusion of these past two games, which have had very different skills to the previous ones, it's given, like, a very good overview. I want, Now, based on the preview for next week, I would very much like to isolate next week's game from the conversation because next week's game goes against all of that immediately. But what they've chosen so far, I'm very happy with. Wow. Okay, we're going to get... We're go- we'll stay to the end because we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, But in case you are just tuning in, I want to say that we are going to spoil both episode six and episode seven um, because I was away last week and I had a lot going on and I didn't have time to watch The Genius. So we are talking about both episodes. We're also going to spoil a little bit of season two where they do the minus auction and we're going to spoil a little bit of season one where they play the great equalizer, a.k.a. five five. So. Keep that in mind when you're listening. Um, we won't talk too much about it. I think because honestly, I don't remember who won the minus auction in season two. Oh wait, I guess I would. I could technically figure it out. And I don't know who. I can't remember who won the um, the the five five and the genius at season one. But let's start with the minus auction episode six. We still have Fareed, Nushka, Anamaya, Nelka, and Thomas left in the game. Joshua, out of all these players, who are you rooting for the most? I actually don't know. It's kind of like there's no, it's nice in a sense. There's no one I'm like obsessed with, like often have reality shows, but I also don't hate any of these people. Like for different reasons, I like all of these contestants. I do think as the two episodes go on, the three people that you most want to see in the final are the people that are ultimately going to make it. But I'm pretty happy with this entire cast. I think all of these people are. Especially as we see in this episode, the only person I was a bit down on before kind of steps their game up. So at this point, I'm I genuinely like all these people. And that's a very wishy-washy answer, but these people are all great. I do like them a lot. And even like people who are sort of under-edited or sort of not popping quite as much are very interesting people. They they put up a good fight. I think of like if I had like a least favorite, it's Anushka, but I don't dislike her by any means. She's not she's not a Kim Gora to me. You know what I mean? She's not not somebody who I'm like, I can't wait till you get eliminated. Get the fuck out of here. Joshua, do you want to explain minus auction? So minus auction <laughs> is what to me, one of the best games of the genius. Like if I was creating a season of the genius with the best matches from the show, minus auction would definitely make it. Of all of the auction games they have, because I think every season has one, minus auction is easily the best. I don't remember the name of the board. It's because it's based on the board slash card game. I don't remember what it's called, but it's based on an existing game. So in this auction, contestants are given a set of coins that they can use, and they are bidding on blocks. The blocks are numbered from negative three all the way through to negative 35, and the bidding goes around in a circle. Now, it's not like a traditional auction. What happens is, so the block is revealed, and on your turn, you can either take the block 
or you can leave the block. Now, if you want to leave the block, you have to toss one of your coins into like this bucket thing in the center, which I think, I think bar one, most of their throws land in the bucket, which is good on them. I don't think I'd do that when I did. Or if you, so if you take the block, you then also take all the coins that are in the center and they become in your possession. Now, at the end of the game, all of the blocks you have are added, are added together. And obviously those are negative numbers. And the coins add one point to your score. The player with the highest score at the end wins. Now, there's two catches. First catch, if you have blocks that are all in a chain, not all those blocks are going to count. Only one of those blocks counts. Now, if I recall correctly, I believe it is the lowest value block that is the one that counts. Like, sorry, like the hot so highest but the least negative block is the one that counts in the chain, right? Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode of us, like, just struggling to be like, okay, well, it's negative, so, but it's higher, but it's lower. <laughs> so, like, so, yeah. So, the, the, so if you have a chain, the least negative block counts. So if you have, like, a negative 10 and a negative 8, that's negative 18 points. But if you can plug in a negative 9, that becomes just a negative 8. But there are two removed blocks from the game. One, nobody knows about. The second, people can buy access to in a secret auction. That was an element that was not in the first uh, iteration of this game that I, I really think, liked. I think so. In, I feel like Minus Auction, if I recall correctly, did the show play Minus Auction twice? Did they do Minus Auction in season four or another season? I think in that second iteration, they yes. had this in the structure, which makes it much better. I like the two removed blocks as opposed to one. And I like the fact that players can choose to have access to that as well. Yeah, so in this was season four, episode eight. Um, so now there are two cubes taken out of the auction. One stays hidden through the game, and the second one is sold at a special garnet auction in the middle of the main match. The winner of the special auction gets to see the number on the second cube and decides whether to discard that cube or put it into the auction rotation. Oh, I like that twist. I, I that that I would have liked more than this. I think that's like very interesting because I think that really powers up the auction as well for the extra thing. And it's and it's a good one. I don't dislike this one as well because I like the idea of paying for information that only you will know. Yes. Um, and really weaponizing that in terms of getting people to work with you, getting people to do what you want them to do. Um, it's just a different version of that information. It, it's funny. I'm like, I wish you could kind of, <laughs> I wish you could like pay to take uh, uh numbers out because they didn't have a lot of g quins this episode like anamaya nushka and farid i think all had one mm-hmm. um but it would be funny if there's like okay you pay three coins you can take a number out and then suddenly three people take three numbers out and the field gets even more sort of tenuous in terms of in terms of taking numbers and not knowing if you can complete a chain and that kind of brings me to my first point, which is I feel like this episode did not have a lot of tension when it came to the missing numbers, and I was really surprised by that. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that we saw both of them, and like, especially because like they like it just something about that felt very strange. Like, I wish we hadn't seen one of the hidden numbers. Like, maybe if they showed us either the one that no one saw or the one that was bought and didn't show the other. Like, I think that would have been the right balance. But just knowing all of that information. Felt a bit strange. I guess you would have to assume that because it's an anticlimactic situation, that nobody does get screwed by the either missing number, which is crazy. Um, that it's just it's like, all right, well, we're just going to move on from this pretty quickly. Insane that nobody gets screwed over. I, I wish someone did. It would have been like, that's the moment you want in the genius. Like, you want to see people get screwed over by circumstances. 
The perfect scenario here is you want someone to get screwed over by the blocks of blocks that was bought at the auction because then someone could have prevented it. That's like the dream circumstance in a match like this. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Um, round one. Uh, although, quickly, very funny moment where Fareed comes back and is just like, Nelka, I know you paid for the highest bid. And Nelka's like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, like, I'm just joking. But Fareed also says, like, they told me, which is a really funny implication that the dealers would tell Fareed what happened. I think Nelka's the kind of person that would believe that to be true. That's the best thing. Yeah, she definitely would. I think, like, she would definitely, like, if she had actually done it, she would believe the dealers would have told Fareed that. <laughs> Um, so round one, I'm, I'm just going to, in these general rounds, uh, we'll certainly talk about what happens in them, but just give you sort of what everybody ends up with, um, because the order doesn't quite matter. Round one, I think everyone's kind of getting their footing. Oh, did you, another funny, Fareed is very funny to me. I think she's one of my favorite characters just because she's so intense, but the moment that cracked me up was when they were all talking about the game and then Fareed's like, so... You get a number, but then you can pass with a chip. Oh, I get it. Never mind. Like, she's talking out loud, and she just realizes what she understands what she's talking about. Then it's like, all right, never mind. I'm moving on. I got it now. Like She, she recognizes the point she needs to stop explaining the game to other people. Like, she's rationalizing. <laughs> like, I get it. I don't know what else to hear. Another thing about the game, actually, to bring up before we discuss, like, everyone's yeah. outcomes. So one of the big differences to me between this and the Queen version is that here, G-Coins is the only thing you can throw into the middle. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, no. Um, the game ch- token, sorry, is right, what you're going to In the original show, you could use a garnet instead of a chip. So it gave garnets some use in the game as well. Where if you were running out of chips, you could toss one of those in. Do you think that would have been a good way to incorporate G-Coins into this match? I do. I was actually really shocked when I sort of realized halfway through the episode that they weren't utilizing that aspect of it. And to be fair, like, Anna... I think it's interesting, right? Anamaya only has one G-Coin. Like, a lot of people only have one G-Coin to the point where it would be compelling to see them prioritize G-Coins because we know that they are a very integral part of the game in general. And I do feel like in some ways, G-Coins have been used like Garnets where they've been sort of, hey, I'll give you one of these if you do what I want you to do. But they're also not as incorporated into the games sometimes. And I think that's a, a little bit of a, a missed opportunity. Like I, I understand in some matches why they remove them, but I feel like if they're going to be hit, this is the perfect way to utilize them. This, it just makes perfect sense. Like I, I was astounded. There's other times where I did that. This is the first time I genuinely, there's no reason why they weren't incorporated here. No reason, especially because the original version used them. Like they took them out of the match. And also, like, Thomas uses four G-Coins, so then it's like, there's like, (laughs) yeah, Thomas bids four G-Coins for that cube, which is, like, way too high considering that I, Nelka has, like, oh, God, I I don't have the. I think the most, I assume the most someone had was three, and that's why he bid four, but then no one's going to zero themselves out on G-Coins to get, to see a block, just to have information that isn't very crucial, isn't that crucial. Like, it is very situational that you would need this information. Exactly. And, and you know, if someone does, if you don't do it, someone else will. So, like, you want to be the highest bidder, but you can also, I'm sure if you just said, hey, Nelka, the person with the highest amount of G-Coins after me, don't bid. We're in this together. Because we'll talk about it a little bit later. There's sort of the sentiment that Thomas thinks that Fareed and Nelka owe him for him protecting them last week. And 
in a cruel twist of irony, nothing happens and no, nothing works out to protect those three. But I feel like if you think that, use it right away. Use it to your advantage. Don't get, hey, please don't bid on this. I'll bid on it. Then we'll have more, co- more coins in the end. Exactly. Like we could, we could, we'll, we'll pull together, we'll put one coin each together. I'll buy it and I'll share the information with you. Um, easy. Okay. So round one happens. Fareed ends up with a negative eight, a negative 11, and a negative 18. Nushka does not take any blocks. Anamaya takes a negative 21 and a negative 23. Nelka takes a negative 31, and Thomas takes a negative 34. Now, Nelka expresses her strategy that she wants to take low blocks and essentially extort coins out of everybody by letting the low blocks go around a lot. And Thomas, I guess, is doing the same thing. What do you think of Thomas taking the the negative 34 when Nelka has already taken the negative 31? I think because at that point, you know, by taking that block, you have signed yourself up for at least negative 32 points. Like as a bare minimum, you've signed yourself up for that many points because you can't build a long chain at this point. I think at that point, you kind of have to be like, you know what? I don't want this. Let someone else do it. Let, Let Nelka just get the coins and just kind of just force, try and do your best to... At that point, my mentality would be, okay, I'm going to go on with Nelka. Especially because if you think you've got this deal with Nelka, is that, like, just go along with that. Like, she, if you think she's going to give you the ring of life, do it that way and just help her to win, let her collect this. It just seems like a very strange move to me, which doesn't have that much payoff. I, I was just really surprised by this move from Thomas. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know when you're also like i'm i'm a a little tired today and i'm like i'm surprised by this move from thomas and then i think to myself would i have been any smarter in this game would i have played this any better would i have done you know we're just we're sort of backseat driving these these uh these players but um i i I do think i could have played this match better than some i think oh i know you could have (laughs) i I think you could as well i think during the match we see some individuals and i do love that the announcer also points out how some of their moves are just really stupid like the announcer points out exactly when some of the moves don't make sense and i was glad she said it because every time she did i fully agreed with her Mm -hmm. we get to the break so there's about four rounds of this game thomas uh talks about how he thinks that Fareed and Nelka owe him. So he tells Fareed that negative 12 is out of the game. I like that he's like, they owe me. So I'll tell them information. And then the information never helps any of them. <laughs> doesn't tell doesn't tell Nelka, though, which I thought was kind of strange. I feel like, I guess it comes from the fact that uh, Nelka has taken the negative 31. So you guys are sort of in direct competition. But if you know that you can screw over Anamaya or Nushka with the negative 12, why not tell everybody that? Yeah, because if she's going to give you a token of life, you just have to not come last. If you're so certain that's what's going to happen, which I would definitely trust that Nelka is going to give it for readers. To me, no, like, Nelka doesn't... She doesn't seem like the type of person that would be able to make that kind of deal and then sneakily be able to make a solid deal with someone else. Yeah. Whereas Farid has more of that ability too, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a really good point. Now, the person that this affects most with the negative twelve is Fareed, but at the same time, um, Fareed does not have the thirteen by any means. She only has the negative eleven, so she can still be building because she also has the negative eight to to negative nine, negative ten if she wants to. But it is the most relevant information for Fareed, so I guess in that way he has prevented Fareed from getting the negative thirteen. But 
it's kind of funny. Maybe you should have told her earlier so she wouldn't have taken the negative 11. <laughs> yeah, okay. definitely. I, I think if it was me, I'd be more annoyed. Like, why didn't you tell me sooner? Like, I would have that in the back of my mind for the rest of the match. Mm. Exactly. So round two, Fareed gathers negative seven through negative 11. Good for her. Also still has the negative 18 and the negative 27. Um, and, and acquires negative 27. Nushka finally gets some stuff. She gets a negative 13, the negative 15, and the negative 17. Risky, but good strategy as well. Anamaya still with negative 21 and negative 23. Nelka still with negative 31. And Thomas gets negative 32, 34, and 35. Everybody is playing, I think, decently well. But I think round two and round three really start to show that people are not milking these, milking other people out of coins. Yes, that was that was the big fundamental issue is that people were not willing. To, people were snatching up a block immediately, which everyone was going to be willing to sacrifice one coin to not take. Like, I think the perfect move to me is you let it go around once and then you take it. Like, you don't try and do multiple times because then it's right. a bit tempted. But one coin you can afford to sacrifice to avoid a block you don't want. Because hopefully at some point you'll be able to milk everyone else on their turn. Yeah, and, and you know, the other, I, I think you have a good point of like, you don't want to let it go around too many times because you're just going to piss people off. And this is a game where everybody's screwing everybody over, but you don't want to get people too mad at you in this game because then you're seen as greedy and then they want to take you down. You know, it all mm -hmm. sort of spirals out of control. But send it around once. Like, Nelka... Yeah. And Anamaya and Nushka, like, were pretty terrible about sending the coins around. Yeah, and also because I think equally, as much as people don't want to set people, for similar reason, they're not going to take your block on literally, like, their first attempt. Because they know that's going to make them look bad. Because I know if someone did that to me, if I come last, let's play a deathmatch. And the other side of this game, I think, is that once you start acquiring items... And I don't even, once you start acquiring negative blocks, you are sort of locked into like your needs and you cannot afford, if you're Nushka, you're not even going to risk taking a negative 29. You're mm -hmm. not going to risk taking a negative like 23 even or whatever, because you don't want to drag your score down. It's like almost impossible to get such, such a span of numbers. And the first round is fine. You don't need to send it around. But the second round, you're getting locked into what you have available to you and what you need to succeed. And other people's needs are not the same as yours. So, like, just let it let it rip. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that some of the strategies of some of these people were a bit off in that regard. Like, I like everyone was very keen to stick to what they wanted to do was building chains. Like, I'm glad at least we was understanding that element of the game. But people could have been a bit more... I want to say risky, but not that risky, because if everyone's acting rationally, it's going to work. Yeah, I think, you know, taking risks in the genius, sometimes you choose to be the plover and you're an idiot, and other times it really pays off. And I, and I think this is a game where, like, your risks can really pay off if you're smart about them. Exactly. Like, it is a, it is very, these are very calculated risks. Like, we're not just doing random things for no reason. Like, um, the, like some of those moves in episode one. Also, um, exciting. One of my so I follow exactly one contestant from the Genius on Instagram, and it's um, Yu Yun from season three and four. Mm -hmm. 
because I think he's cute. And uh, I follow him. Turns out he has won a uh, a poker tournament. I, a Korean main event champion. Is, um, was it normal poker or was it Indian poker? <laughs> I think it was normal poker. I <laughs> didn't Indian I, poker do a win last time. I would I would love an Indian poker tournament. I would be. I, I, as someone that does not play poker, if that was to occur, I'd be tempted to go. Yeah, I um. You know, big, uh, I, I have a huge appreciation for Dom and Colin and, and their podcasting about the genius, uh, because I will never give a shit about poker and I will never give a shit about the, the numbers and the optimal choices. I, uh, and so that's their side of things. And, um, we're the, we're a different niche in the, a niche in the genius <laughs> spectrum. Okay. So round three. So round three, we see a moment where the negative 22 comes up and Nushka is Thinking about taking it, which is crazy, but then Anamaya says, "I'll give you three coins if you don't do that." <laughs> that whole thing, I like. What on earth was that? Like, just tell Nushka. It doesn't make sense. Promise her the ring of life, maybe even. But this, what is this? First of all, I just want to say that again. If you're not on the Genius Discord, join the Genius Discord. Um, like the whole genius, not just um the genius Netherlands, but both Anamaya and Fareed are in the genius discord at this point, which is awesome. Um, but everyone is giving Anamaya a little bit of a hard time for just like letting her extort three coins out of her. Anamaya says, when I watched myself, I was like, what the fuck? Why did I, why did I negotiate for negative 22 when she will be screwed over if she takes it? But yeah, I guess it comes from being desperate for it, that you somehow finish last because of it. I wonder if the way this is being filmed is factoring into this, because at this point, like, this is what, well, I assume that this was eight consecutive days. So this is, like, their sixth consecutive day of, day of doing this. And although I've not done the genie specifically, like, the show I was on, we was there for six, de- six seven days. By day six, I was mentally, like, done. So, like, actually fully processing everything on day six, the same as day one, must be very challenging. Yeah. I, I can only imagine. And, 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 you know, the other side of things is I think that uh, an inherent risk in the genius is like, maybe people don't make an optimal move. Maybe people make a really dumb move. Um, isn't that what, isn't that what Yoan was doing in, uh, in, in this auction or is that color auction? Where like Yoan was just basically like a dick and like was ruining other people's chances. I can't remember. That's the risk you have to take also, is that the other people might not be as smart as you and might not do the moves that are actually correct because they might just fuck it up. Uh... Looking at your position, I wouldn't be scared. In this particular class, you kind of know no one would do that. Now, if like Rick was still in the game, for example, I would play this match very, very differently because someone like him would be the type of person to take crazy chaotic moves to throw individuals off. Yeah. At the end of round three, Fareed still has negative 7 through 11, negative 18, and negative 27. Nushka still has 13, 15, 17. Anamaya now has negative 21 through 25. And Nelka has negative 3 and then negative 30, 31. And Thomas has negative 32, 34, 35. And remember, the other number that's out of the game at this point is negative 20, negative 12. So the negative 20... Uh, could have screwed over Anamaya because she is able to buy the negative 19 block, but she doesn't. And I thought this was like a sixth sense. I was like, how does she do it? Because she would have been totally fucked if she got the negative 19 block and didn't get the negative 20. My question to you is like, how do you balance the risk of getting a cube and creating an order where you are going to be screwed by the missing number 
and taking the chance on getting like a big stack. So I think this heavily depends on when in the match we're talking and how which block we're talking about. Because taking a risk down in the single digits compared to like the 30s would be very different, for example. I think that because once we're getting into like the round, the late round three, start round four at that point, I'm not taking any risks when it comes to this. But also you need to keep in mind how many coins are up for grabs as well. Because you're not just going to, because how many coins we Adamire had available there? I feel like not very many. Like, yeah, I think that's true. There would have to be a coin incentive. I would need to have, I also need to be short on coins because it seems like there's a lot, it feels like there's a lot of coins in circulation this match because they all started with what, 10? That actually yeah. feels like they had too many coins to start. Like, I want people to feel the pressure of the amount of coins they have. Like, I'd want people to be starting with less and then having to use actual physical G coins for the rest because when you're getting to that level, then you're really having to think about if you want to spend them. Yes, and, and I also think something to remember is that because your coin total gets added to the end of your score, so it 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 is addition, is all addition. It's, you know, all of the negative numbers combined with the number of positive coins. Sometimes the incentive was to keep a hold of the coin and get rid of a get rid of a garnet or get rid of a G coin so that you would have more coins added to your final score. And I am missing that element a little bit. Maybe if they started with like six or seven, because nobody gets forced into taking a block. Or really, we never really see anybody even really having to actively consider I'm low on coins. It was only just, I would like the points, not I'm going to need this to stop myself having to have one later. A shame. A real shame. Um, Now, at this point in time in the game, round three, Thomas and Fareed are really trying to work together to win. But Fareed also goes around to everybody and is like, if I help you win, will you give me a ring of life? Like, she's she's working her butt off to, like, not go into the death match. She's like, hey. Literally in the same room with two people, she's like, Anamaya, like, if I help you, you want to give me a ring of life? Nelka, if I help you, will you want to, like... Girl, you got to pick your battles. That, to me, was, like, the highlight of the episodes. Her sat there in front of two people offering both of them the exact same deal at the same time was, oh, that was... It's very high. It's very on brand for how she's been this season, and I am obsessed with it. She's she's really funny. I She kills me. Um, like, when this, see, when this show has their all... The women on this cast, this is... She is the one I most need to see come do this again. <laughs> Yeah, she, she again. She reminds me a lot of the other Laura Yunson, where like she's she's just really funny. She's really intense, uh, but she's like she's is there to have a good time, and she takes everything I think in a good in a good spirit. Like nobody's an asshole about losing, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, game. she's a very intense competitor, but who can also recognize that this is just a game. Which to me, this is exactly what I want when I'm watching this type of show. So round four, Fareed tries to sabotage Anamaya so Thomas can win. But in the end, they both lose, which I loved. Poor Anamaya is just like, they're just like openly talking about sabotaging me in, in front of the whole group, um, which is really funny. Um, anything to, to talk about in this last round um, before no, we feel, reveal the totals? I feel like the climax was just bad maths more than anything like actual dramatic outcome like if you just sat there with a pen and paper you could easily work out exactly what was going on there and it didn't seem like they were in a rush so if they really tried they could have worked out what was going on but it did kind of like there was like this bit of mystery in the air regarding who was actually going to win although to me it seemed a bit obvious yeah i you know i if somebody is able to get zero blocks in the first round 
I think they're going to be doing pretty good. Like Nushka literally picked up no blocks in round one. And that's kind of an advantage from the start is like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. No blocks. Don't need them. Um, so the final scores, Freed has, as always, uh, a negative seven, a negative 18, and a negative 26 plus 15 chips, which brings her to a total of negative 36. Uh, Nushka has a negative four through six, a negative 13 through 17, and 12 chips, which gives her a total of negative five. Anamaya has negative 21 through 25 plus not six chips, so negative 15. Nelka has a negative three, a negative 30 through 31, and four chips for negative 29. And Thomas has negative 32 through 35 plus 13 chips, a total of negative 19. There's that moment where Thomas is like, Freed, if you give me a coin, I can beat Anamaya. But he never talks about beating Nushka. Like, they really are so focused on Anamaya for whatever reason that they don't even talk about, like, that Nushka is the person to beat. I was kind of baffled by this, that they were so laser-focused on Anamaya when it came to, like, beating her. And I'm glad Fari didn't eventually give one of her regular coins to Thomas in order to beat Anamaya. That, like, kind of pissed me off. I was like, Thomas, you can't just ask for everybody... You can't ask everybody for everything from them just so that you can maybe win. I don't even bl- I don't blame Thomas for this mentality because it seems like he's playing along some people that are willing, often willing to go yeah. along this type of thing. So is it like annoying behavior from him? Yes, but it's also justified, sadly. Um, yeah, and you know what? Thomas isn't a bad person or anything. I was just like, oh my God. Oh yeah, Thomas, not at all. No, stop asking people. Um, so... Nushka wins. She gives the ring of life to Anamaya. I loved when they made their deal because essentially they sort of realized that the three other people are kind of working together, but they're not going to win. So if you two are destined to win, team up. Let's do it. Makes perfect sense. Because also, who else were they going to give the ring of life to realistically? That's the thing is like alliances of two are always so essential in the genius, but alliances of three are so terrible because you can't make That's that so promise to everyone. Exactly. Alliance of three is like the, the to me is that is the worst alliance size because at least when you've got like a four, for example, you've also got enough people to do damage in matches. Three can't really do much with a three. Like we've seen this season, this is not the first time where three has not worked out. We can go back to episode two, yep. where three worked out terribly. So uh Fareed is the loser. Fareed picks Nelka for the death match, and it's Indian poker. Um I, I don't want to get too into Indian poker because we have a whole other episode to talk about, mm-hmm. but poor Nelka. This, to me, is one of the worst performances in a deathmatch I've yeah. ever watched in the show. It was absolutely dreadful. I think the worst one is when Nelka what, was playing... Nelka was playing against someone that had a 10, and Nelka had a what? Like, the person just kept going, and at this point, the, the person was willing to spend, like, ridiculous amounts, but he knew that nothing was going to happen. And the problem was that you knew that unless she folded, you knew he was going to lose the hand because the other 10 had already come out with this point in circulation. So she kind of just kept throwing coins into something she was never going to win. Nelka had folded with a 10 earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Because Fareed bluffed by submitting, by putting in a lot of coins, essentially implying you have a low number, I, like, and I can see it. So Nelka folded with her 10. And then... When for when Farid had a 10, Nelka tried to do the same thing to get her to fold with the 10. And Farid figured out that that's what she was doing and then mm-hmm. called her bluff, which is like crazy, like five layers deep of like 
playing the game of like, all right, I'm going to bluff and then over bluff. And then uh, good for Fareed. Like she really read Nelka like a book, mm-hmm. I thought. I, I feel like this is part, part of Nelka's problem is that the Nelka evidently wasn't card counting. Now, here's the thing. I understand card counting is probably not easy to do in this match, but at the very least, you should be keeping track of when have the tens appeared and have the ones appeared. Like, at those two, at the very least, you should be able to keep track of. The tens especially. Like, I keep track of... If I was playing this game, if I was having to card count, I would try and do one, two, nine, ten, and focus on those four numbers, and not to worry about too much about the middles. Yeah, it, it, you know, that that's especially because what in this game, as you know, like a 10, if you fold with a 10, you owe 10 coins like you you are fucked when you fold with a 10. Mm-hmm. So anyways, poor Nelka. She gets her ass kicked, but she keeps like coming back and then like getting her ass kicked again. Like it's like she gets a little bit of leeway and then it's like, bam, she's done it. Like ugh, one it's a lot of one step forward, two steps backwards. Joshua, is there anything else to talk about in terms of the. Episode six death match, episode six main match. Any other points to make? Uh, Nelka obviously goes home. I think in general here is this is what's so interesting in the final five of the genius where being a pet is so crucial because Nelka's kind of in a situation where Thomas and Fareed kind of end up being the two. Although there's a wide three, they become the two. And then you've got Nishka's Anamaya, the other two. If you're that person in the middle of two pairs, you are almost you are essentially destined for the death match. Because unless you yeah. can suffer miraculously pull out a win you're either coming last or you're getting dragged in so going into a final five of the genius without a tight person is such a dangerous position to be in especially in a match like this where people can help each other like there's not many final five matches where as an individual against two pairs you're going to be the one to rise and succeed i think that's a really fair point um that honestly i hadn't thought about a lot what you need to do is you kind of essentially have to make sure you're at least in the top two for the match because when it gets down to when one of two people's gonna win you need to go to the other pair that doesn't have someone's gonna win and be like if you help me win the two of you can toss a quote on rock paper scissors for a token of life at least you need yeah but you're or just it it puts you into a very tough position where you end up getting very boxed into a scenario but so at the genius it doesn't really happen to any other number of people either. Like at seven, you're fine. Six is fine. Four is fine. But five is that is the most important round to have a partner to me. Mm-hmm. So let's go to episode seven. Let's go to 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 five five, aka the great the great equalizer. I, I which I think is a very interesting game to have chosen to bring back. I'm very surprised to have seen it at Final Four. I was very shocked to see it as a Final Four match. In my mind, I was like, they're going to do this match at Final Three. I know. I, I was shocked too. I, I was really surprised to see this. And you and I were talking earlier. Do you think it works better at Final Four or at Final Three? I think it works better at Final Three now. Granted, it plays out like I want it to at Final Three, so it played out perfectly fine here. But I like this game to be very focused on each individual. And I feel like at four, it's a bit different because you can align a bit more. Now, something that's never really high, I don't recall it being like specifically emphasized that no extra ring of life was going to be handed out. And I think that's a very crucial detail here that I wasn't aware of. But in general, I much prefer, would prefer it to be three people. It's either you win or you're in the death match. So let's talk about the great equalizer. How does the game work, Joshua? So... 10 guests are brought in. Now, the guests filter themselves out into four, the four different locations. The contestants kind of like cycle around the which Doesn't seem like they were officially told that's how to do it, but there's like, there's four groups, there's four areas. They kind of did that themselves. I kind of like they had that civility to it. 
So they have an hour to question the guests and learn information from them. They don't know what they need to find out, which I'm pretty certain we're going to have a discussion about. But they have an hour to find out information. Then they're at the rule to explain that they have got to write down prompts. Uh, which is like, And the prompt is like, for example, I am a woman or something like that, like a true or false prompt. So everyone's going to hold a green or red paddle, which I think was a terrible idea to have green and red, because I'm sure for a colorblind viewer, they were screaming watching this match. But they're going to hold up a correct paddle. And if five green and five red, so five people all say the state is true for them and five say it's false for them, then the person gets a point. And the person with the most points at the end of two rounds wins the match. A pretty straightforward game, I would say. The big thing is that when they start the game, the players don't know that that's what the game they are playing is. So, mm-hmm. and this, uh, we went back and looked. This also happens in the Korean version in the episode one, uh, in season one. But you just get told, okay, here are 10 people, learn a lot of information about them, you have an hour. And so they go around, ask them a lot of questions and all this stuff. Uh, and then at the end of the hour, they reveal the rules of the game, as Joshua just said. And then panic ensues. I kind of love it. I love a panic-filled genius game because it's really hard to find the dividing lines amongst the group. That's the big thing. Is It's not mm-hmm. just about finding a question where it splits down the middle, but finding any way to divide the group in a way that gives you numbers you can work with. Mm-hmm. Not just five, but two and three and one and four. You really need that sort of small breakdown of people in order to create questions that will get you the win. I do think something interesting in this game is that the, like this, this is the only match really where the translation from Korean to English is a huge factor because transitioning from 12 characters into 10 words is very different. Because to me, this felt much easier. And I think we saw it in one of Thomas's rounds where Thomas did exactly what I would do. We'll get to us in round two, but 10 words is a lot of space to work with. And I kind of wish that they were forced to have shorter statements. No, so here's what I would have wished. If I was running this match, the change I would have made was I would have had told the cast that in the event of a tie, ties would be broken by the number of words you use throughout the challenge in your statements to try and encourage people to want to make them as short as possible. What a great rule of the game. Oh, my God. I was thinking about that, too. Like, you know, the shorter questions, the better. Yeah, what what was... It's whoever has the most G coins. Uh, like I, I can't. I can only take it so many times where it's like, and someone had more G coins, so they win. Uh, I would have even maybe have taken it as far to be like the amount of points you get. Like you get one point for every unused word or something like that, or just something like that would have been my scoring system. Definitely. What I thought this was a fun cast of ten characters that we had. Not yes. as Hetty. Um, that's the only person's name who I remember. Um, <laughs> but I thought that they were like a very uh, interesting, varied bunch where actually when you kind of go back and look at the the Korean version, it's like all kind of people in their 20s or 30s. And they're like, they're all like just sort of they seem like they're all from a similar like background and 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 whatsoever. And here we get a lot of like you get some like blue collar boys. You get a guy literally covered in tattoos. You get a woman with red hair or with blue hair. Like you get like a whole spectrum of people. And I thought this was really fun. Like honestly, just have this cast of people, just bring this group back and just have them play the genius season. <laughs> I want to see these people interact with 
each other and actually play a game together. Like even just for one episode special, I want to see it. I know, right? They, they were they were a lot of fun, and I think that that allowed. I, first of all, I kind of love the I love putting someone in drag in this episode. That killed me. Um, I think because it was just not even that it was like a gimmick, but I you know that. <laughs> The drag queen doesn't want to reveal her age. Like, she's so funny. Like, that's a perfect character for TV. Oh, my God. But the, the drag queen definitely understood the assignment. I, yeah. I, fabulous. Queen, queen Nushka, where she's like, and what gender do you identify as? Like, <laughs> Nushka's a legend. <laughs> and then, and then, when, then when the drag queen says male, Nushka's very visibly upset about it. Yeah, she goes, ah, oh, that's a pity. <laughs> like, it's really funny. <laughs> Nushka just wants to support you in your transition if you choose to. Like, it's <laughs> so great. Oh man, I and that's the thing is like Nushka really came out of her shell this episode for me. Where like you know she's getting pissed, but she's also really like she almost had it. Ugh, dude, Nushka got dealt such a bad oh, hand. <laughs> oh, that that flipping paddle was so funny. The flipping paddle, but also the was she? She I think she asked about the. Oh, someone else asked about wearing white. These we'll get into like all the weird <laughs> fucking questions where people get it wrong. Oh my gosh. Okay, so they say that it's questions, but it's actually statements. Yeah, it's not questions. And I, because I was writing my notes and I was like, okay, Thomas's first question. I have tattoos, and I was like, well, that's not a question, so it's a statement. And then I was watching the episode. I was like, no, they call it questions. I was a little little grammar driven a little grammar nuts here in this episode. Another interesting point here. How did you feel about the fact that he was then allowed to explain what one of his statements meant? Yes. So uh, that was his third statement, which was, I live or work mainly in the province of North Brabant, Brabant, whatever. But he was sort of saying, well, mainly applies to the work. I think that's bullshit. I think you should not be allowed to explain your question whatsoever. It has to stand on its own. Um, And I kind of... You've got 10 words left. You've got yeah. plenty of space. You should not be able to continuously talk about your question. Like, then, anyways, that 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 did kind of annoy me. What I wanted to bring up is that uh, in this game, if you are, it, it, it's ordered by G-Coins, I believe. And mm-hmm. Thomas has the least amount of G-Coins, actually, in this episode at this point. So Thomas goes first. Everybody else gets, like, additional time to formulate their questions based on the order that they go in. And I I kind of have to gripe with that. There's elements of the genius where I'm like, sure, whatever. Like, in Kong's Dilemma, in, in the Korean version, like, they can talk to each other while they're putting their beans in. And they do it in, in the Netherlands, too. And it's like, all right, if you don't care about, like, if you, you want to encourage them to talk to each other, but I feel like they should all have only 15 minutes to write their question and then they should just go in an order. Like, mm. it, I guess it's hard to police in some ways, but to 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 be like, okay, so Adamaya, you now have 30 minutes to write your questions because you lucked into more G-Coins last week is like kind of crazy. Oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of I like the idea that the fact that I w- watch them all frantically writing and I think this removes the franticness of that. Yes. Point out that they, they don't get to listen to the other people's questions. Um, 
and there's no rule about uh, not asking a question that somebody else has asked. Um, so Thomas asks, or Thomas's statements, I think the statements are, I have tattoos. I am female and or am clothed in drag today. I live or work mainly in the province North Brabant. And he gets all three right. He gets three points. Uh, he gets an even 5-5 five, five split on each of them. I say right. That's not the answer. He gets he gets an even 5-5 five, five split on each of them. The fact that some of these are so long, right, clearly highlights the issue with the match to me. Like, the fact, like, I am female and slash or I'm clothed in drag today. Like, the fact you've got space for that long a statement, that feels super long. Like, because I wish they had less words. They'd have to think about how to condense that down. Like, it seems like they only had to think of the ideas, but it doesn't seem like the amount of space ever factored into people struggling. Where in the original version, space definitely came into play in terms of coming up with statements. To me, uh, the and or is really interesting that he put in there because later, uh, a good qu- a good example is um, Thomas says, like, uh, I have no children or I'm called hefty. Or, and, you know, you could... Or I'm called Hetty. Hefty. I read my own. I read my own typing wrong. That's so embarrassing. Oh my God. Hetty. <laughs> I respect Hetty. I'm sorry, Hetty. Um, whereas you could say, uh, uh, Anamaya says, "I do not sing," or "I am a streamer." If you said, "I do not sing," and "I am a streamer," do you have to be a streamer who sings? Like, I I could see someone getting really anal about the grammar of like, I need to be to these two things, and then they like say it wrong. Um, I, I find it funny that Thomas gave up on the and or almost immediately after this question. And that to me is what I like as part of the challenge of this game. And we get into it at some point with one of the statements. I I straight up think that writing someone's name in a statement should just not be allowed. Uh, I do too. Although I was like, damn, that's the hack of the, the episode. You know, that was like the, the Jinho touching people's backs of hands, which I, I know everybody talks about open pass and all that i think that's another genius move from hong jin ho like that's elite tier like this man is on something so anamaya's statements i have always loved the summer this one i think was that that statement is like the craziest like how the fuck did she get five five on that <laughs> i love because that's also like not what she asked people like you no! season and that became i have always loved the summer those are not the same thing because I do I love Sana, yes, but I don't know if I'd say that's my favorite. Did you did she even ask for favorite season? Did she ask for favorite month? I think she and, asked favorite month and, and then, then favorite gave season. Her a season. And then also I have always loved the summer. Is like I, I would sit there and be like, Well, sometimes I've loved the summer. I haven't <laughs> always loved the summer. I was shocked she got five five on this. Good for her. Because holy fucking shit, that should have gone wrong. <laughs> the other two statements my favorite color is pink or a kind of blue and i have tattoos or wear a watch the the big discrepancy here and i'm curious what you think joshua is that uh we saw that thomas gets i have tattoos or he he makes that statement and five people raise their hands so i'm wondering what her goal was there because all you have to do is say i have tattoos and, and you you get it so why add the watch in I don't know because Farid's statement also then clarifies these are visible tattoos as well. So it's not even like she just didn't know someone had tattoos because all the tattoos are visible. Yeah. So I don't actually know what she was going for there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, ask her in the Discord, see if somebody's been talking about it. Um, so Anamaya also gets three five-five splits and gets three points. Farid, 
her statements. I have visible tattoos today. I have a steady relationship. I have at least one child of my own. Love, I have a steady relationship. That made me laugh. Poor Hattie. Poor widow Hattie. I guess she doesn't have a steady <laughs> relationship anymore. Like that's, that's a very blunt way of phrase. Also, like, I'd be scared to phrase the question like that because what I don't want is someone giving the vague kind of, is my relationship steady? Like, I'd be worried about that. <laughs> I've been seeing I've been seeing the same guy kind of on and off. So like I don't know, maybe we're like <laughs> Like I, I would be very nervous to incorporate any form of subjectivity into these statements. Like I'd wanna I'd want every statement to be a very objective, like this is a non-disputable, this person knows to their core that this is true or false. It, I've always loved someone I've always loved someone will forever be the worst offender of this though. Like that is still dreadful and I'm still obsessed about it. Who asked that one again? Well, I've always loved the summer. Oh, I've always loved I thought you said I I've always loved someone. I thought that was... <laughs> oh, was no. Like, is that a Korean one? Or what was that? <laughs> I, I think... I, I always remember that Songman asked, like, I am wearing long boots or a skirt or something. Like, he just started getting really into their clothing to, like, figure it out. <laughs> oh, Songman. Okay. And uh, so, Fareed, also, three for three. Three points. Nushka, one. I live part-time or full-time with my partner. Two. I am older than 51 years. Three, I'm wearing a watch. The watch Zero. The watch statement is wild because you would be able to look at people's arms and see that's not going to work out, right? But like, even if you didn't remember, you could stand and just look at people's arms before you yeah. write on the card. Yeah. It, it, that's the other thing is, like, you can look at their shoes. You can look at their glasses. Like, there are physical elements that you don't need to necessarily ask them. Um, and you can always sort of tack on today so you're not worried about you know i wear glasses me naomi but i don't i'm not wearing glasses right now so if you said i wear glasses today there you go like poor nushka also i love the uh (laughs) nushka gets bitten by the drag queen not telling her her age (laughs) because nushka assumes that she might be over 51 and that's not true (laughs) (laughs) harsh Oh, oh so, my god. So That's really funny. So it's round two, and now everything is worth two points. I so I have a gripe with this. It's yeah. I feel like the contestants were not told about this. I, I don't like that they if they didn't know round two was worth double points, I don't like that. I think that's a very important thing players should know going into it before they burn an obvious statement. Because some player may actively choose to save their good statements for round two, knowing it's worth double points. I think that, yeah, that's the other side of it, right? It's like you really lose your easy answers or your easy questions. And, you know, if I was playing this game, I would maybe hold off on some of my better questions just to have guaranteed points down the line. But I think you're totally right. They better have known about this. Otherwise, it's kind of bullshit. And I think it that gives Nishka a clear advantage because she did so badly in round one. Like, she, like the I have a tattoo statement that everyone else has already used up. She's then got in the bank to use in that second round. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about round two. Uh, Thomas asks. Before, Thomas says, did, oh, go ahead. Did you like that they were only given 15 minutes before the second round? Yes, I thought that was so funny. They get 15... 15- they get 15 more minutes to strategize. They get 15 more minutes to talk to people, ask questions. I love that Fareed, like, asked questions and was like, why did I ask that? That wasn't useful. Like, she... <laughs> <laughs> she was that, so They're funny. running around frantically. 
Frantic running around for Reed, only got nine out of ten people on her list at one point. Like she somehow missed someone. <laughs> and they don't, and they don't know, just, can't work out who she's missed either, which is even better. It's just yeah. it's absolute chaos and it's so great. Like, is it who who was it? Was it Nushka that was running around and just interrupting people to ask people questions? Like she was interrupting all of her competitors to ask the group questions. I think that's correct. I think I think you're correct in that. Because um, I think but, I think children was something she was asking about, and that then pops up. It was just it was just so good to watch someone just like completely disregard someone else's conversation. Like I need to ask this and then sprint off. I, I like that. You know, that's that's the other part of it is like uh, we see it a lot more in the genius is that they're like they're just listening to other people's questions. Like take advantage. I do like that the people were assigned to a room because in the genius in Korea um, they are like running around and being taken into all those little rooms all yeah. the time. I like that. It's more of like a, Hey, these people aren't going to go anywhere, but they're going to be here. You, have to, you cannot you have get to go everybody to in the room. Yeah. I think that helps make the match like chaotic in the right way. Cause like the players experience. It's nice to watch these chaotic players and just these confused guests just sat there, just very calm, just answering their questions. Mm-hmm. But I have no clue what this show is. Very pleasant, though. All those people, very pleasant. Round two, controversial question alert. Thomas, my name is Leo, Ed, Walter, Tasmara, or Lika. I hated this. I'm annoyed that this counted. I'm like, I'm sad it counted, but I do like it as an idea. It is like such a cop-out, though. I, I, I respect the idea, but then also, because it just... I feel like at this point, you could just list a bunch of different things about specific people and, like, just get a correct answer every time, just, like, with very generic lists of things. But, like, um, good, good for Thomas. I'm not blaming Thomas. This is more frustrating no. with the game structure because I, I would have done the same thing if I was allowed to. Yeah. I, I it, Like, when he did it, I was like, oh, man, that's so smart. But then I was like, what if you just did it? What if you just did the reverse? So you ask the five people's names mm-hmm. and then you ask the other five people's names. Yeah, because part of me is also wondering, are they not allowed to ask similar questions? But then also, I feel like if there's a rule about asking similar things in question, then the second question would would have been disallowed. Because then to to say, or I'm called Hetty in a question, feels like that shouldn't be allowed to use just on a name question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think that you could have looked at things like, what letter does their name start with? My name mm-hmm. starts with letters A through L, or what you know, like play it a little bit like that i'm sure that there's a good divide um but it's a shame to just do like <laughs> my name is naomi or joshua <laughs> like there it goes but i go what, is there any particular things you would have asked for because for me i would have been i would have been asking for things like how tall you are i would have wanted things where there is a scale we just cut midway through because that's always going to work I think that's a good one ask how many siblings people have yeah so anything with like n- tangible numbers Mm-hmm. Um, uh, siblings because you know some people can be only I have one or zero siblings or whatever or um, pets I thought was a good one um, where you work was interesting the question that Thomas asked where he sort of asks about like what location you're in it's interesting because in America I, I wonder if like it would almost be too expansive to do that but again you could ask things like oh what city are you from and then you see that the cities can have an alphabetical split as well. I think alphabetical split is a really good one to do if you mm-hmm. get information on like sort of random things. But 
I totally agree with you that like you want the numerical split. You want a sliding scale. You want to be able to say, I have four or less pets or whatever. You got to really get into the the minute details of things and not look so much for like, oh, everybody likes rock and roll. Who was asking about music? Someone was, I think it was like Thomas or something was asking about like, what music do you like? What are we doing here? Like, you cannot get everybody to have the same opinion on something. That's and, crazy. And that's a very suspicious question as well, because that's the type of thing where you, that some people are so flexible where their minds might change based on the way you phrase the question, like 15 minutes later. Right. That 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 did kind of get me though. Just like opinions are the things I think you don't want to ask people about. Actually, I think it's a waste of time because yeah, no. it it will. And also, like clothing, you only want to do external clothing, like shoes, jewelry, glasses, like colored T shirt or whatever. Like you don't want to go. Um, yeah, you want to highlight a specific part of the outfit, not your entire outfit. Right. So Thomas also asks, and this is uh, the fucked up question of the week. I have no children or I'm called Hetty. And then it's a six, four split because he forgot that a woman has foster children. Oh my God. Uh, here's the thing. I don't think he, I think he just, he just didn't count a foster child as like someone having a child. Like, because I, I, it's just it's so much worse. I, <laughs> how it, how it is. I'm assuming that's what happens here. I feel like, you would want to have the conversation with this woman. Like, do you consider this foster child your child? Like, you would ask that clarifying question at some point, wouldn't you? Uh... It's very... Because to me, I would consider that as a child. I, like, I would very much you assume... a child in your care, yeah. Certainly, whether they're your child or not, by adoption or whatever legal proceeds, you're caring for a child. Oh, my like, God. Most people that have a foster child would consider that, that, that their child for that time. And even if they didn't, if we're being real, they would not go on national television and say they don't consider that child their child. That's the fact here. Even if they don't think that, they're not going to admit that here. Not saying it out loud. Oh my god, that was I. I was like, holy fucking shit! I can't believe he did that. Um, so Thomas loses a point, and then the next statement: I currently don't have a pet anymore, and do not wear overalls. This is when the questions are too confusing at this point. Yeah. Like, like me you, trying to remember if I'm not wearing overalls, like I can't even, like that. This is too complex. Like the like, over, where did the over what? Like I think, oh yeah, the overalls are for. I think there's one guy who's wearing overalls. That's another thing. Is like yeah, you can pick out what like um someone uh, Anamaya says, or I have blue hair, which we know that only one of those person people has blue yeah. hair. You find like the one separator, so you could do four plus one. But yes, overalls is. I, I currently don't have a pet anymore. I guess implies that you have had a pet, but I think you could also just say, I have an alive pet. Yeah, that, yeah, like, this is just so... We're, we're trying a bit too hard. We're trying to get a bit too fancy and quirky with these questions at this point. So, Thomas. But Thomas only gets two points out of this round, which I thought was kind of crazy. I did not expect that from Thomas. Especially after he got the first one so easily. Mm-hmm. So, Anamaya asks... I do not sing or I am a streamer. Who's a streamer? We never got that detail. And then the I think I, it's the woman in the red uh, red bustier. But then the I do not sing or I'm a streamer. So what? So there's four people that don't sing and one streamer. What about the, the just the people that sing? I, I would I I feel like I would always rather go for the do's for for the majority. You want to do the do rather yeah. than the do not. 
So I would have gone for the singers and removed one of the singers. I'm a singer and da 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 da. So my question is like, because I think I I sing is such a weird open-ended question. Mm-hmm. So like I used to do chorus in school. I used to do musicals. I don't sing professionally and I don't sing anymore unless I'm at karaoke night. But I do. But anyone can sing. Like I sing at home. Like I sing at home all the time. I don't sing in front right. of people. So well, does I that count or not? Mm-hmm. It's just a very strange parameter, I find. Yeah, like a streamer, perfect. Like that's something where you either stream or you don't like. That's very. Yeah. That's very much an active thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, other questions. Two. I am wearing white clothing, or I have blue hair. Legendary. And she thought she was being slick and clever with this one. She mm. thought she had this in the bag. Ooh, Joshua, why don't you tell us what happened? <laughs> a sad individual was wearing some white clothing that was not quite visible to everybody. Oh, my God. Oh, so, such, a, such a good... To me, that, that was going to be, like, the twist outcome of the episode where someone loses the point they weren't expecting. Nushka takes that very soon afterwards but for now this is like the big someone's sadly losing a point when they think they have it that was so funny so someone's wearing white underwear apparently which is like you know that's something you got to think about like i don't blame the person for being honest and be like yeah i'm wearing white underwear or like white socks right maybe you can't see their socks or something that was really funny uh so anamaya loses that point those two points but she asks i do not do sports and gets another two points, so she gets four Wait, points. Again, why are we not just using the statement of I do sports? Like, I feel like what the, going for the negative is just more likely to confuse people. If it's a 5-5 five, five split, you always want to take the positive outcome. And also, an interesting, like, I do not do sports. Like, yeah, I guess I don't do sports. But, you know, if there's somebody who, like, plays baseball with his friends every once in a while, or somebody who, like, occasionally does a game of soccer, is that... Like, these, these questions where there's sort of a a real gray area of like, I do or do not participate in this activity, I think are kind of crazy questions to ask. Like, good, good, good on that. It worked out. I think yeah, this is on those statements, at least this is a bit more clear cut than others can be, because this is more of a, less of a thinking, this is like an active action. And I feel like sports is a bit more of a barrier to entry than saying you sing, because like I could sing right now, but I'm not, I can't play football literally now. Yep. I'm <laughs> bad at both. Fareed, her questions. I am 60 years or older. <laughs> so much. She wants to do 50, but there's one person saying she doesn't know. So she jumps up to 60. I'm just like, what? What on earth? Like, if I was one of those 10 people, I'd have to sit there and ask, so which five of us do you think are above 60 right now? Which five? Name names right now. Who do you think is old? Yeah, I like even looking at that group, I was like, I don't think all of these people are over. Like, so rude. I laughed so much. That was like, an 8-2 was... split, by the way. <laughs> Two people were over the age of 60. Like, over 60, it's just a very wild. And not like, the drag queen, I'll tell you that. Not the drag queen. But that's but we think that's the most offensive question. We don't get to our next question. <laughs> Our next question. <laughs> I have an addiction. <laughs> Wait, I want to go back to the episode and find out who raised their battles for this. 
I cannot believe she asked that question. What an insane <laughs> question. Let's find... Oh, I also like Fareed says, don't ask me about your age because you probably won't get a compliment. <laughs> okay. okay. So, Hetty, wow. Main bitch Hetty. Hetty puts up her paddle for I Have an Addiction. And uh, the old guy with the long beard, um, who, like, I think he says he likes, like, 80s pop or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 like, I, it feels like the question was not bad-spirited. They just, like, they doesn't come across that way. And that's also, like, kind of... I, I don't sit here and think, oh, I have an addiction to coffee or I have an addiction. I do watch a lot of reality TV. I do drink a lot of coffee, but I'm not sitting here being like, well, I have an addiction to those things. Girl, what was that? Oh, my God. If you was to try and just... Just imagine just showing just someone that does not know the show at all. Just show them just this clip of Fareed's term where she says, where she calls five of these people over six and asks people, do you have an addiction? Like, just show this just as a random person. And just what on earth would they think this show is based on that clip? I know. Like, I currently do a sport. Um... Oh, I love the drag queen holds up her her paddle for a Jewish sport. So that's the third question. I currently do a sport. Fareed gets yeah. it right. Two points. Good question. You focus on the positive, nice and easy. No, like that much better to me than Amaya's question. Not there's a huge difference, but to me it feels like there is. Yeah, and also I think currently is a is a good qualifier. There's some qualifiers that you want to keep in there in order to make sure that nobody goes like, well, I used to do a sport when I was 12. Um, and gets confused, like right now, currently. What do you do successfully? And especially, especially, like, if you've got the space and there's no penalty for using the space, use it. Make make this, do You want to make the statement as clear as possible. Yeah. And just, and concise doesn't always mean the clearest because you want to keep it as concise as you can because you don't want people to get confused. But again, as you said, those qualifying words, those just make it super, super clear because what you don't want to happen is some mess like what happens in this <laughs> Okay, Nushka asks, I have children, gets it right. I have a tattoo, gets it right. Really easy, right? Like, I have children, a split down the middle. So why the fuck did Thomas add that extra one in there? Thomas, get it together. Um, and number, statement number three, I wear a skirt sometimes. So this is, so this goes back to what I thought when Nushka is asking the drag queen what they identify as. Right. Drag queen says males. Then so Nushka is trying to think of some feminine thing that the drag queen does. Assuming all the other women do it as well, right? And I'm just like, I feel like did all the women there have long hair or like have some hair you could because it's somewhat long? Let's see. Um, there's blue hair, red bustier. Uh, yeah, I think Hetty Hetty has shoulder length hair, um, but all of the men have short hair. I would so Nishka, the statement is I so that I have shoulder length hair. That is the statement. Or I have hair that goes like that, like some kind something like that. Yeah, or and I am or I am wearing a wig, right? Like yes. I, yeah, exactly. I'm wearing a wig I, is a great one. I, I am a woman or I'm wearing a wig. Like. Yeah. Um the other thing is I think you could have gone with like I have worn a dress. Now that's obviously a little like narrow view of like what clothing men can wear. Mm -hmm. But I think you're better off in like asking that 
at one well, point in their lives, every woman I think has worn a dress once mm-hmm. for the most part. So just go like get it a little broader, but also get a little specific dress, especially because skirt is like I thought skirt was such a funny thing to do because I'm like, how many drag queens are wearing skirts? Like it's a lot of dresses, it's a lot, you know, like <laughs> and most women, I imagine, I imagine most women are more likely to wear a dress than a skirt, right? Because I feel like if you're willing yeah. to wear a skirt, the odds are you're probably also willing to wear a dress. But you're more likely to get forced into a dress than a skirt because if, if it is an event where a skirt is appropriate, normally you could probably wear other things you are more comfortable in, I would assume. But so there may be some circumstances where a dress is like the only socially acceptable thing, which is annoying, but also just how, how some society sometimes goes. Yeah, brutal that the woman turns her paddle over, like gets Nishka excited, oh, and then oh, so brutal. Funny. So funny, like the fact she like that, that that was so rude of the woman to do it. So show the green and then flip it around. That was so. But this also goes to show why Nishka's statement wasn't good because it was not clear. Yeah, like sometimes. What is sometimes? Well, I, so I'm I'm literally sitting here as a person who I don't wear skirts very often, sitting here going, I wear a skirt sometimes. And I'm like, when is the last time I wore a skirt? I can't remember. I've wore, uh, literally wore a dress like last week. I was literally at a wedding last week, which is why I could not record. And I was wearing a dress or I was wearing high heels, you know, like, but to sit here and be like a skirt, like, when the fuck did I ever wear a skirt? Um, but I'm sure there is some time in your life you've worn a skirt. So then yeah, like, in like 2014 or 15 or 16, you know, like, a long time ago and so that's like i have worn a skirt right there you go but then you have to make sure that none of the men have worn a skirt because maybe they wore like a kilt or maybe they've worn uh maybe they have worn a skirt maybe one of them does theater or something and they did you know like you have to sort of check with everybody when you're going with a question like that i feel like like i i understand the thought process i like what she was trying to do but the execution of it was a mess (laughs) so let's get into the death match nushka wins which is so crazy because Nushka could have literally secured second place if she got this last question right. Yeah. Insane. And I think Anamaya would have given her the ring of life. Um, Anamaya didn't have a ring of life to give. Anamaya only oh, that's right. Herself. But that's I right. do, but to be fair, I guess she probably, I imagine she probably gets called into the death match by either of the other two. Yeah, that's interesting because then it becomes a G coin situation. And I think that makes it Thomas. Well, I'm do, G- do G coins break a tie for last place? They break a tie for first, but do, or does the winner break the tie for first? Oh gosh, I think the winner must break the tie for first because Fabian and Thomas chose Nelka in the first episode. Oh, but there was no G coins. Oh God, this game. <laughs> I mean, there were, G, there were G coins, but everyone had one, and the show had not told us about them. Mm. Oh, okay. So somehow. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Nushka would have gotten dragged into the death match. Fareed and Thomas, I think, are a duo in many ways. Um, and it's black and white, again, not mad to see it. With and the tiny table still. <laughs> the tiny and the huge blocks. Oh, God. What if you just make tiny black and white and it's just like like a little, like, sort of, like, domino or smaller sized black and white? That would kick. I would say so you know how you have like those people online that like make like the survivor game props like if someone did that for the genius and made like a small black and white set I would absolutely buy it yeah yeah or you could probably just play black and white with dominoes maybe <laughs> but it's you know not as fun it, it not just as cute. have the same excitement I the problem is with a black homeway black and white you'd have to have a third person to adjudicate it but I'm, I would I would force family to do it just so I could play 
Yeah, that I, I've been thinking about that a lot of like how do you sort of see what they play? Um, okay. So basically, I don't know if there's much you want to talk about here. Thomas like whips Nushka's ass. It's it is yes. like not even strategically on the same level. It is a total domination from Some, Thomas. Something I did find interesting is the fact that the show mentioned that Nushka had the strategic advantage of going first, which to me is just not objectively true. Like I would much rather go second. Like, how is going first an advantage? Yeah, I don't think it is. I think knowing what your opponent is going to play is always the advantage in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason why it's built into the rules that whoever won the last point goes first because it helps the other person. So right. it was, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand what, was go- what they were going for there. That made zero sense to me. Um. So black and white, I think, you know, if you know, you know, I'm not going to explain black and white again, but Nushka had the right strategy at first, but then like did not stick with it. Mm -hmm. And Thomas also had the right strategy, but stuck with it very carefully and really won out the day. And so I I was impressed by Thomas's ability to really play this well. It seemed like Nushka got behind and was like in the mindset of, I've got to catch up, which yeah. You don't in this, in some matches you do, but in this match, not particularly. Like, it's okay to be behind a little bit because it doesn't matter when you score your points necessarily. Like, someone getting that slight edge over you is okay because you also know they play the larger block than you, so you can get caught up later on at some point as well. If you're doing a strategy, you don't want to do the immediate, okay, let me jump and play my eight immediately. You need to be willing to hang on to that a bit because it doesn't matter when you get that guaranteed point to save it a bit. Yep. it really is a, a sort of – it's a long con game. It is not about the immediate occurrence. It is about what you want to do down the line. Um, so I think that it's fair to say that, you know, don't get panicked about being down in numbers. It's like I think a lot about, like, black and white points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another game that emphasizes, it. like, it's okay to be down and out at first because you can always rally behind – in the end, just like Kong's Dilemma, too, if you're patient about it, but not everybody is. Professor, I'm very glad that Black and White 2 is not making the period because I really don't like it. The points version? Yeah, I don't like it at all. I just think it's too, it just, to me, it's like, I think it's strategically interesting, but I don't think it translates well to television. Yeah. Was it season three when they locked the death matches in that cage for absolutely no reason? Yes, which is bonkers. <laughs> which contributed nothing to the season because all it did was just suggest that the players just didn't touch trust production to like just change a, ma- a match after the rules of a main match which I don't think was happening no very off tangent but I just remembered that I just remembered how weird <laughs> that was yeah and then in season four Dogman walks in and he's like where's the cage and they're like what and he's like we had a cage with the death matches in it I'm like what oh man it was really funny okay well, that's th- that's two episodes of the Genius Down, and apparently it's the final next week. What do you yeah. think is going on? So it's how I. So I'm glad. It seems like so they're structuring it the way that I would want to structure a final. So based on what it says, it sounds like that the person who comes last in the main match is eliminated, and then the top two play the final death match, which I like as a concept. I wish they'd saved five five game for next week and done this as an elimination game because I think that would have been a really grip. I feel like this match would be much more gripping where so if you come last, you're out. That would have been, this would have been a great match for that, I feel. Yeah. Because it tests them in a strategic way that's very different to what the show normally is. This match next week, I'm not happy. I To me, this is like, 
won the bottom 10. This is the first match. I'm like, this one didn't need to be here. Because in games that catch the bird ball, I don't love them. They serve the purpose. I think this game made no sense to include next week. Um, so really quickly, this is, I believe it's called like Elevator Game. Or, yes. That's what I remember it as. Um, and this is a game where, like, if for my memory, like, Sangmin is just trying to screw over Jinho and, and Kyungran, like, the whole time. Like, nobody can really win. I don't know. It, it was just such well, a messy game. So when they did this in the original show, they brought in three guests. And, like, yep. the winning team was going to get 20 garnets or the value of 20 garnets, which immediately was not going to work because the team of returning players are, are playing as a team just trying to win this match. Where the players still in the game are also trying to get pieces to land on specific squares to score them points. So yeah. it was th- a team of three going against three individuals. So that immediately didn't work. Whilst the group of three were playing together to like help one of the final three win the match. Another thing to note, I saw two pawns on that board. So are people, are there guests coming in to play this match with them? Because if an, if, if this is an elimination game with guests involved, I really won't like it. Because also, it seemed like the camera was focused on the group of three of them having a conversation together. But it wouldn't make sense for that conversation structure if they're not talking to someone. So maybe three eliminated players or all the eliminated players are back to participate. I don't know. I'm curious to see. I, 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 I think they well. are. Mm-hmm. It, it, my theory is that I think they're back. I think that they've brought three people back because we only see shots that are sort of like cropped. of Like, like half, people, so exactly, like half the set. Yeah. And there was a like black that. pawn and a white pawn on there. And I didn't see a third, but I feel like if you were doing three colors, you would not pick black, white, and something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like, uh, I'm excited to see people come back because I do feel like that's a, an element of the genius that we've been mm-hmm. missing recently of the, you know, oh, look, like, we have uh, <laughs> we have all your favorites back. Songwin's back because we can't lose him for one episode at all. Um, but it has to be the right group of people. I mean, if we see Fabian and Farid going at it again, I'm going to lose my mind. I think it'll be hilarious. If I was doing this, what I would have done is I would have pushed, I would have maybe pushed minus auction back an episode, pushed back by a five game an episode, and then at final five had a game with all of the eliminated players participating. So like yeah. eliminated players, each eliminated player played with a player in the game or something like that. That would have been what I would have done here. I think it's a it's a good uh, good system. Um, which, if, which three so let's say it's three people like season two which three people would you want to see play elevator game alongside the three finalists i want i want rick roxanne and fabian to come back that's what i want i think that's a good set i would be happy with that set i think fabian we need to see again rick needs to see again but and then for the women roxanne i quite like her. and i think if you gave her an episode to come back with no stakes especially she would come in and just be manic yeah i think that is a very solid selection i fully agree with you but also that they're not a group that wants to work together. They're not yes. cohesive in their decision-making. So so they could either fight amongst themselves or they would be a group that, like... Because doesn't somebody win on that side? Like So, one- how, so how, how the original version worked was the group of three were just trying to win collectively to win money for the eliminated players. I'd be interested to see something where the eliminated... I would love to see all 10 of them back for some type of game where the eliminated players have an incentive to try and win and the three players in the game have an incentive to win for themselves. Like, something like that. Oh, I'm, I don't know why I was thinking this game was in season one. It's in season two. I'm so yeah, I just, think it's a very, I, I just think this is a very... I don't like this game. I think it's very silly. I don't think it works as a game. 
But I'm curious to see what, what, how it goes this time. There's elements of it that work quite well. There's elements of it, because this is like, to me, like we were t- discussing tactical shoots and ladders before. This is tactical shoots and ladders. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, as always, I just want to remind everyone to support Beichu Squad and all the people who make uh, subtitles of the genius happen for us. They're very nice. They're wonderful people. Um, join us, uh, join myself on the Genius Discord. Um, our good buddy Jack the Flop is in there as well, chit chatting. But I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tweet some questions at Anamaya. Tweet some, uh, or not tweet, but Discord some questions to her. So we'll see if Frida and Anamaya get back to us. Um, so if you want to follow Joshua, you should go to. So you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> or Instagram if you fancy at J-O-S-H-I-E-F-L-X. In addition, if you want to see some of the other stuff I'm currently working on, me and a good friend of mine, Rob, we are currently working on producing a live game here in the UK. Um, the app for that is at Survivor Game UK. Applications are currently open and it's been going very, very well. We've been seeing some amazing people and we'd love to see you as well if you are willing to come and be cold for three days and two nights in the UK and starve and play some Survivor. Oh gosh, that, that <laughs> I've played Survivor in the cold and it just breaks your brain in a whole new way. It's crazy. Like it kind of does what starvation does to you where you're just like, I want to just, I just want to eat something. You're like, I just want to get warm. Oh my gosh. Um, that is awesome. So make sure to follow silent podcast. Give us a five-star review. Um, please go support Joshua and Survivor UK. Um, please check out for me uh, at Naomi Calhoun on Twitter and at Survivor New York everywhere. <laughs> I don't know, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what it is. Uh, all of these links are in the description of the episode. And make sure to stay tuned because uh, I think, Joshua, you and I are going to be out and about on silent podcasts again. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for where we might show up next in the silent podcast cinematic universe. <laughs> are you sure, Naomi? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Joshua, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, success, fighting. Go get them, you know? Bye, everybody. <laughs>